Mm-hmm. That I don't need three of. Well, it's, yes. you know, like I don't want to have to tell anybody Knives Out 2 is not as good, but Knives Out 3 has some fun stuff. I don't want to have that conversation. You know, it was like this could just be an, a nice, cool, fun movie. And hey, if the second I'm going to watch the second one because yeah. the first one's great. And if the second one's great, then I'm going to be like, fucking holy shit. I'm going right. to see the third well, one. And if like, the third one's great, then maybe we have a, a trilogy. You know what it probably movies, is, but, though, is that. um. Kenneth Branagh doing all of these Clouseau movies now and that being like what he wants to retire Poirot. on is a series of the Thoreau. Yeah, Clouseau. Poirot. Yeah. Poirot. 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 It's too many Roe movies, you know? Um, uh, wait, who is Detective Clouseau, though? Clouseau. Is that the Pink Panther? Um, that's Pink Panther, yeah. yeah. That's the Pink Panther. That's what I thought, yeah. Um, like, Kenneth Branagh wants to retire on those detective movies and maybe they're doing good, like, behind the scenes and they're seeing, and like, that studio talk of we need our detective. And so that's really just everyone liked Daniel Maybe. Craig, you well, know, and it's like, what's it, what's it, what are they doing a new pink Panther? But actually give me the pink Panther, you know, don't Maybe give me some old man. That's knives out three. That is the pink Panther though. I was so pissed when I was a little kid and I got the pink Panther and I, I threw it in the VHS and it was some fucking old guy. That's what it always <laughs> is though. The pink you Panther cartoon was just the, the first cartoon. two minutes. Yeah, I know. I, Richard, why do you think I'm complaining? Richard, I understand Richard, that. You're saying dumb I'm shit saying, right now. You're saying dumb shit. I'm saying give the Pink Panther the fucking chalk. That's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, fuck, bro. Okay. Oh, give my him God. the chalk for the whole fucking movie. Richard gives Kyle $400 million for the chalk, all right? <laughs> <laughs> for the chalk franchise. Um, <laughs> well, and the other a huge thing is that, like... Um, also, spend that four hundred million making those movies, right? That's what I mean. Oh, is, is how, where you know the first Knives Out cost. And here's the other thing about like you talk about Knives Out two and three. It's more like you know the Big Sleep was this great detective novel until it just became one of the Philip Marlowe detective novels. Where like once there's more, once there's three Knives Out, history will just look at it as this as this new American character. Not yeah. so much a franchise or a, a series. I don't. I think he knows not to serialize this. I would imagine there is only one character who has is in common with all these three movies. But the other I thing mean, is it's, like it's Daniel Craig. Yeah. But I think he wants to serialize it. That's what that's that shit he likes. Like every movie he's tried to make has been sort of a, like Brick was a detective movie too. It's like it, he loves that feel. Brick's so good. But he doesn't. But he has no interest in like doing something where next time it's him and Anna de Armas taking on some other rich family. It's probably going to be like the Christie books of like the next one. He's going to be on a boat or like some real yeah. whole other oh, for movie. sure like another version of Knives Out. Where like that's you could watch any of these three and not know there are two others. I mean, if it's not like Guns Drawn is the next one, like Knives Out, Guns Drawn, and then well, maybe, it's more, <laughs> like, maybe it's three Radiohead titles. I mean, maybe that's, that's what people say. <laughs> uh, it says that they we all kind of we all knew Knives Out two is coming. There's this other lurking thing with Johnson of the, his original Star Wars trilogy that that just might happen, might never happen. Uh, Peacock buys this like other mini series of his like he is just making deals so much apparently they were privately shopping this deal around to all the streamers I think that because Johnson and Bergman were so smart in keeping this character they were like well let's see if we can make some real money on this and like 
be comfortable because this has to be one of those things like Kyle was saying, like the money is spent. He can now do whatever he wants to do. Because they can sell it on. We have a movie made by Ryan Johnson starring James Bond. Also, um, I think it's just streaming is insurance now that your movie's going to even come out. Because like so many people fucking lost out this past year. I mean, three Tom Hanks movies debuted and we don't talk about a single one. The announcement of the cast of the next movie could really get me pumped for the next one. You I'm know telling what I mean? You, like, Steve Yoon's going to be in it. Like I will I will give both of you a hundred dollars if Steve Yoon <laughs> is not in one of these by yeah, the end of like Adrian, the whole situation. Adrian Brody's going like, to stick his little... Uh, stick his little nose in this one it, he's like a um, johnson is like a little bit of a wes anderson where he just can it's fun to imagine actors in his playground in his world totally, doing totally. his dialogue what i what i want to talk about uh is I, I pulled up um the wikipedia list of films impacted by the covid19 pandemic um and i thought that this would be interesting um insofar as uh you know, there's there's some major uh, there's some major players here, and there's some ones I didn't even know were, were necessarily happening. So, what I think is most interesting because it's a very long, I mean, it's like you could scroll for like two full minutes on stuff that just had its had their dates moved and stuff, or things that got you know released on Netflix or VOD or whatever. Um, what I'm interested in is suspended and delayed. Yeah. Right? There's a few um, that are interesting in that category. Yeah, maybe. so I'm just going to rattle some off uh, and we can sort of talk about some Avatar 2 and 3. These are suspended at first. Uh, well, Avatar 2 and 3, which is like, come on, you really going to say? Those are <laughs> what's well, I mean, they were filming like they no, were on I set. I, I have friends who were shooting, you know what yeah, I mean, for for it. But these I also like I have friends who've been shooting on Avatar 2 for three years. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> Kyle, can you tell that yeah, weird so, story about the, the car? Isn't it something on a truck or something? It's yeah. I have a buddy who's a who's a um, like third unit camera operator. And he was saying that he was filming shots that were they were telling them like these shots are are only for reference uh so it doesn't matter if there is gear or other people in the frame because the actual frame the actual shot's never going to be used the whole movie's underwater so it's like yeah it's It's all like frame reference it's just frame references like how shit should look together right it's similar to how like he's animators have a mirror where they'll like right. get up and like figure out what he looks like when he crouches or something. But like Cameron can be like, get me. I want to know what people look like when they're on a charging tank or I want to know what people look like when they're skydiving. So let's go skydive. Like, so he said it was on this like insane tank prop and he just had a camera and he had to film this one direction for the whole take. And there was like eight camera operators just in his shot but that there was probably about 15 or 16 camera operators all filming different angles uh, at the same time. Is, and is, he's like, it was insane. Is this, <laughs> like, so with good, is this a good idea? The whole, was it so worth it thing? How good can these be for this to be how you had to make it? I mean, haven't we learned from like, we have the technology now that he doesn't need a bunch of people on a tank to make it go forward. He can drive the tank forward and have like five drones give you the same shit. I know. No, I know. That's why it's like, 
what are you develop? Like it's some, I guess it's look, it's like when people doubted him making the first avatar, we underestimated how amazing and imp- impressive and important the technology here's, he was developing was. I mean, here's avatar, the thing. I want to rip on avatar, but it's still breaking box office records. I know it's like, incredible. Constantly. It's a very good movie. And I'm sorry, everybody about that. <laughs> it's like a lot of people died. Correct. In doubting James Cameron before Avatar came out, you know, like there's people who are like alive and not alive between the time he was planning Avatar and trying to work on it and doubting him. And they lived a correct life the whole time. (laughs) And then he made it and it was like, he can't show them up now. I think I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, he's wrong until proven right. He's just never been proven wrong. Yeah. And it's weird. And I think Avatar two and three four and five might be where that happens. Yeah. Cause if you see delayed uh, four and five are under delayed, but that's the thing is like, is he still shooting? Is he still shooting that? Yeah. Kate, they showed footage last week of Kate Winslet doing some stuff. Even oh. if he's not shooting, I feel like at the height of pandemic, he was like, all right, well send me all the VFX shit I need to approve or send me all of the, the you know look the wardrobe shit i need to approve for five that's why you know i thought I mean? we might like, be okay going in with that and covid like that's a movie that's almost all post so maybe that won't get slowed down and we'll have that hope. this year but i guess not but i think there's a lot of i think he's kind of one of those guys that like to like it, you don't hear about Cameron reshoots, but I feel like because the whole thing has been like yeah. a long yeah. reshoot. Hit, principal photography is like a, the first week and then the rest is. Right. Re-write. When you're shooting f- four movies at the same time, it's like, can you even call what anything that's happening reshoots? But it's like, I feel like he's probably doing so much of like changing the movie. Like they say that he changed a lot of the Avatar 2 or Avatar 1's first like 10 minutes like over and over and over and over and over and over yeah. and over again. Well, now um, because the studio answered to him when he was making Avatar 1, it was 20th Century Fox. Like it's still a light storm. Like it's still he was the big name there. But now it's part of Disney. Yeah. And Disney Disney was like, make these now. When the uh, when the buyout happened. Yeah, like Disney's just so good at like we're buying you because you're worth a lot of money, but we know why you're worth a lot of money. We're going to let you be you. We're going to like chill. It's not like I but I think they were also kind of like, no, man, like you've spent a lot of time wasted on this. And it's like oh, you're sure. actually going to make it. You know, it's like you're going to make it. You're they not going to just like pussyfoot around. It definitely <laughs> showed up and they were like fixing what was being mismanaged about Fox. Um, but... I mean, I don't think that there's I think that the movies we ultimately see come out will would have come out under Fox uh, in terms of like content and quality. OK, 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 let's let's move on. Uh, Richard, what's what's your first uh, your first little little um, what do you got for us? Top us for the table. My uh, <laughs> my little my little treat ski for you. Um, it was actually just kind of announced today that, um, treat me, mm, treat me Danny. Um, so, uh, to launch off movies that were sort of, you know, uh, uh pushed back because of COVID, uh, in the Heights, uh, the star, uh, Anthony Ramos, he's now slated to be the star of the next Transformers movie. Wow. One of, one of our, one of our finest, uh, hu- uh, boys in a Godzilla movie. Is he in a Godzilla movie? I don't know this person. Do I know this person? Wait, no, do I know this in, person? He's in King of the Monsters. Is, which he's monsters? In King of the Monsters. 
he um how many heads does he have the three heads okay. <laughs> no um he's he's one of the uh military like he's one of the like two military knuckleheads oh he's the one that isn't ice cube yeah yeah. Okay. He's the he's one. The, the one with the mad freckles. Yeah. 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 Mad freckles. Yeah. Um. Uh, he. Uh, he's the one. He's the one who Gina kept pointing to during our watch and saying he's in Hamilton. Yeah. He's the Hamilton. <laughs> guy. So that's why I recognized him again, and I was like, okay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, because in the Heights was supposed to be just sort of his big debut, and sort of that didn't happen, you know, <laughs> because of a lot of COVID, and. uh that's I think cool. he's going to be a big star and they're banking on him because he has a lot going for him. The new Transformers is going to be directed by the d- guy who directed Creed 2, um, uh, Stephen Capel Jr. Is Creed 2 um, good? I don't like the Creed franchise, but that's just me. I've never Creeded. Uh, I've never created. I mainly because but I feel I've rockied. Like, I rockied hard. I rocked one the house time, all the time. Got, oh, I rocky I got, hard. I got deep into the Rockies. So, so what was your thing about the Transformers? Thing? Um, so a couple years before all of this, uh, like Hasbro and all of them, they put a room together with like six or seven writers, and they said, "Build us the Transformers franchise." You know, like bring this up, like create something new. And that's when they made Bumblebee. Ugh. And Bumblebee is a soft reboot Art. of uh, of what they're doing now, how it sort of doesn't acknowledge the past, but like kind of has the same iconography to like move forward, you know, and it's sort of just sort of like a half clean slate. And that's why, like, um, this is the second movie and that the like this Anthony Ramos one will be like the sequel to Bumblebee. Okay. Basically. And so that's like that kickoff. And so that means the rest of the franchise, sort of like the Michael Bay section of it, ends with those Mark Wahlberg movies. Yeah. Which, like, is another example of like, that's just, we just need, I just don't need him doing that thing. Mm-hmm. He, we don't need him being the savior of mankind and the inheritor of King Arthur. And then he has a tiny transformer on him that's this big that blocks every bullet that goes at him. Sure. Well, you're, you're forgetting that he is King Arthur and Ted, too. Is he? Yeah, yeah. At the end, he's Ted. He's King Arthur. He's Ted Arthur. <laughs> They're John and Ted Arthur. Honestly, Ted and Ted, too, are uh, Mark Wahlberg's best movies. Like, it's the most commitment he's put into movies. I mean, that's not true at all. I mean, that's a fucking crazy that he's not even a cop. What you're 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 philosophies on mark Wahlberg are clashing here he's not a he's cop kind of a cop. movies but you're saying he's he's kind of a cop he's 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 a degenerate in those movies <laughs> all he does is smoke weed and not give a shit and that's, it's and like that's the only time he has fun sounds like a cop to me which is why i don't watch these movies because I, I i don't know about you guys but i don't want i want to get into heaven i don't want to be watching sinful shit i don't want to be watching things that are just going to like ruin my soul and taint my body and spirit Spike, you used to do this bit that I've never been able to not think about Me? where you used to, yeah, you used to do Mark Wahlberg as the protagonist of War Horse. <laughs> I would do. Like, is that my fucking War Horse on it? I see my fucking War Horse in fucking years. Okay, so it's, it's a great, if we can get into that. I totally forgot about that because it was a bit I would only do. I can't think about the words war horse. <laughs> I, I, without thinking wahas? Because if you were it destroyed Maya. It like was the quick way to just end anything. And so it started with, yeah, it was just Mark Wahlberg at the end of Warhorse when he's blind and he's like hearing his Joey or whatever. And just, is that my fucking war horse? 
Oh my god, Warhorse, what the fuck are you doing over here? I haven't seen you in fucking years, Warhorse. And then for some reason, you know how a bit devolves like it just falls to a new level of like hell? Yeah. For some reason, do you remember that it became War Dog Horse? <laughs> Is that my fucking War Dog Is Horse? Is that my fucking War Dog Horse? War Dog Horse. <laughs> <laughs> fucking war dog horse i was in the war i was i saw the like, war dog horses but never, like, you, the never you war dog horse <laughs> yeah why is all the cum gone has really like taken on a why is all the cum gone <laughs> why is the cum always gone i've got a jar of cum <laughs> that's a great bit when we have maya on i'll have to do that a few hundred times yeah that'll be amazing um is that my fucking war horse Oh my god, so speaking of, of Wahlberg, uh, I have some hot gossip that I don't know if this is like a known thing or not. Um, that Mark Wahlberg is in divorce. Silver Linings yeah, Playbook like was Richard. originally, uh, Mark Wahlberg like optioned it to like, he like put it together to be, have it be a Mark Wahlberg vehicle. Looks like we got ourselves a Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook, yeah. And then... Uh, um, Harvey Weinstein was like, I want Jennifer Lawrence in it. And uh, he had like fired everybody else. And uh, Mark Wahlberg had brought in David O. Russell. And then David O. Russell was basically like, oh, uh, this is like actually really good. I can like really make something with this script. Right. And then Harvey f- like fired everybody. Well, because I know Russell originally had it, he had it set up to do it with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Reese Witherspoon at one point, too. Well, well, so th- I don't know about, this is all I know, but yeah. so he he had, uh, he had that going and basically Wahlberg was like, hey, dude, they fired me like we all need to walk. And David or Russell was like, no, I need the hit. And so they've never spoken since that phone call, apparently. And they recast that they were all really hot on Bradley Cooper. And so he got in and then they already want Jennifer Lawrence. And then that's the movie. Look, I Dave, didn't like that movie. David O. Russell is somehow a silently like garbage person who like no one is. No one talks about the awful things that are that are attributed to him. He's um, like like him and George Clooney won't work together. And George Clooney likes people. Well, And they just had like a fist fight over like, a, they had like a normal awful director actor relationship. I'm talking about like, Oh, Russell's clear, like weird, fragile masculinity on top of the like sexual abuse of his like niece or something. Um, that again, no one fucking seems to talk about. <laughs> um, but I mean, he had just made the fighter. He didn't need a hit. He's just this like, shithead yeah it's interesting he like had just made what will still be his best movie and like he only (laughs) proceeded to make worse filtrations of this like bradley cooper jennifer lawrence thing like three times in a row yeah um i'm a i heart huckabees fan sure and and three kings was another great like early Wahlberg. Mm -hmm. But like the fighter is a movie I could never watch because like uh, there's a strung out Christian Bale kind of looks exactly like my birth father and it freaks me out. That's why I like and, it. And you know it's like because he's so strung out on heroin that it looks like and reminds me of the worst person I could think of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like I can't watch this movie even if it's good. 
Uh, also, have I, I have talked those. about the Silver Linings playbook? Have I talked about the uh, the the Brody Stevens thing on here before? No, no. I may have. Okay, so this was recently brought to my. Attention. Oh yeah, I I remember this. You told this in private, not on the pod. Okay, okay. Jesus so, guys, uh, I didn't know you guys talked in fucking private. Yeah, I, well, I actually I've never I don't I don't actually know Richard outside of uh, the pod and, and uh, comedy. I'm sort of distancing myself. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> I think it's now time for Richard to take a step back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so ba- basically uh, famous, uh, famously uh, loved, beloved comedian Brody Stevens. May he rest in peace. Uh, uh, incredible, incredible guy. Uh, 818. Um, yes, yes, etc. Positivity. We, we stand him. He was a legend, incredible legend. Um, it's basically uh, like the, the the rumor is basically you know him and Zach Galifianakis are best friends, and he had you know small role in the the Hangover movies, and he hung out on set way more because he was hanging out with Zach on set. Yeah. And so whenever they'd like go hang out, like Bradley Cooper became like obsessed with him was like, dude, this guy's the funniest guy ever would just like be like, dude, can you just read the food menu? And he'd be like, you know, uh, curry chicken, you know, (laughs) me crab. And like Brody could just make that funny. You know what I mean? Like $13. Yeah. (laughs) I think I've been told this too. And so he basically was able, like uh, a lot of people say that in Silver Linings Playbook, he is doing he's just doing Brody. Brody, yeah, he's doing a Brody Stevens, which is interesting. When you watch that movie, you're like, oh, whoa. There are these like, little, yeah, you know, like, no, mom, the cards. Where's my cards? Like, you know what I mean? He it's gets that like meme freaked of out. Like, like, change it up just a little bit so they don't know you're copying me. <laughs> like, you can't yeah, go, totally. yes. Totally. I beat the shit out of that man in the tub. Like he can't, <laughs> he can't say those lines exactly like Brody would. I think about that meme all the time of like change up the homework so nobody knows. When I yeah. look at literally every like blockbuster movie poster, is like weird fade-ins of every character facing every direction, and that it like all comes from the Iron Man one poster. Dude, oh, sure. which is just ripping off the looks of all those like uh, old Star Wars posters, yeah. which is just ripping off the old the old Showa era Godzilla posters. Yeah, <laughs> it is like insane that like uh, the like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them poster looks exactly like the Infinity War poster in a way, <laughs> you know, and it shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, they're vastly different movies. I think we've talked about it a little bit before of just how like minimalist like you'll you'll see people like online fans will make like really cool minimalist posters and shit and they're always infinitely more mm-hmm. dope than the official yeah but even I mean, those other typically, countries get cooler posters a lot of the times so. those typically only work because you are already familiar with the piece so you know to ascribe like value to you know a straight razor for the reservoir dogs poster you know like or the um sticky notes for the zach and mary yeah porn yeah home. so it's just it it it, it only it, those are such great things like within a week you can start making those because it's like those old posters are kind of the original like meme where like quickly you can glob onto a cultural like we all like this or we all get this you mm-hmm. know like an office space poster that's just a stapler you can't you could not sell that movie first go with a poster of a stapler 
but now like every DVD is just a picture of a red stapler. Right. The movie has to have its own meme before you can get the minimalist poster, you know? This is an interesting thing that this is the kind of episode we could bring it up that apparently uh, the reason they they went with like a Spongebob movie for Paramount Plus. I was reading an article that was like one of the like things they wanted to like launch it with this new Spongebob movie was they were like Spongebob's viral potential is unlimited. A Spongebob meme is created every five seconds. That's interesting. It is interesting like that. And it's like it's so weird that Disney hasn't figured out a Kermit the Frog centralized show to do the same thing. How do you mean? Here it's just him sipping because tea. Kermit <laughs> is also memeable in the same way SpongeBob is memeable, but they only have a new Muppet Baby show and nothing else really. You know, that's sure. probably they probably released the whole back catalog of all the Muppet show. They're like, oh, let's get some memes going. You know, well, I, I can see that being a mentality. I mean, but it is. Yeah, I mean, Disney and Marvel have had that thing where like, what can we make the meme for the month or two uh, that we are promoting this thing? Like. I feel like I can't look anywhere without yeah. seeing some dumb shit about the big three aliens, monsters or ghosts or whatever that dumb shit is like. It's whatever the new like teaser trailer is making a joke out of becomes the the meme. Well, because you have those like th- this is a direct result of like the fuck Jerry uh, wave of advertising where it's like all these meme accounts are going to po- post that WandaVision meme where he's like in the turtleneck with yeah. the chain. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They're all going to use it and it is kind of funny. So because all those are using it, all the other meme accounts copy it. You know what I mean? Man. And they're like, and do their own memes on it with that same template. And it's like, <clears throat> I, I feel definitely like Disney has has deals with those fuck Jerry type companies. Yeah, 100%. To like, make memes out of like you said whatever they need because i think especially after baby yoda which i think was probably more an accidental uh, like that was actually a genuine cultural phenomenon where like you actually felt there's a difference between us all silently seeing the big three jokes about captain marvel or whatever or the falcon show and oh and the sorcerer work or wherever we were silently going like really eventually just going like Baby Yoda's really fucking cool, right? Have you seen Baby Yoda? Like, that's actually good, right? That doesn't happen as much anymore where we're all actually talking about something instead of, oh, well, we're all liking the same memes. Baby Yoda was this thing where, like, we are all actually into this and we all have a take (laughs) and we all... Have but that's sort of Disney is like, it? yeah, this this was an uptick here. How can we need to replicate that uptick every time we release something now? Because that works so well. But we see, but you know what I mean? People, like, I think genuine. I know the three of us are so we look we look way too hard at this kind of thing. But I do think that the general audience is also aware of the difference between a genuine, you know, baby Yoda and some bullshit thing out of about wandavision well because because i'll say too like that wandavision moment i expected it to be like something because people memed it so hard and then it was like uh, even those those uh the quote that people was like the what is love if not something yeah what uh, is grief but not love per uh, persevering i would argue that's like a perfectly fine line if not a good line in a script yeah i i don't think that's bad at all and it like i think they created that controversy like 
it artificially you know I, what I mean like they like to mm. make that stuff bigger things than it is because it's like well now i need to see that last episode i gotta see what people are all tweeting about to like i gotta finish the show you know what i mean like i also think it was disney marketing that put out the tweet that said like every like writer is like angry or some shit like like some weird reaction about how good that line is like written and then it was yeah. retweeted 40,000 times and then that sort of concept got made fun of i think that all is a shill well, this all segues really great to something I want to bring in, um, which is another Disney Plus uh, production. Um, not the Mighty Ducks, the Mighty Obi-Wan Kenobi announced uh, Ooh, their cast, big old cast. So let's run down some of these Who's people. Yeah. So playing so. Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that you might be thinking of old Ben Kenobi. Same Jake character. Gyllenhaal? Um, they grabbed Ewan McGregor for this one. Holy shit. So like how they get him. Yeah. That's a weird I don't know. I it's a little uh, on the nose. From the heroin movie? From the heroin movie and then the heroin movie part two. You're talking about the dude from Down with Love? Yeah, I'm talking about the shallow grave guy. Um but first one I want to talk about is the next one, which is Hayden that Hayden Christensen is in this show, and I just don't understand. Oh, like, you mean in a in a nightmare dream sequence where he's just like Ben, wake up! But to plug him in as like the second, bi- I know he, I know it's like he's the second biggest deal to go into this thing, so maybe he's not actually second build. But this idea of like there is no good version of this show where he is in a lot of that show, right? No. Well, well there's also you have to de-age him a bit too, right? Like it's gonna be weird if he's well. No, I mean they're aged. both they're both. Nope. Te- I think this takes place however many years after Sith it's been. I yeah, think, but Hayden Christensen is like a like def- like he's Darth he's, Vader. Yeah, he's like Darth Vader now, right? Yeah. He's, oh, I know what you mean. It, it, as if they would go to flashbacks. I th- I think he like shows up to Tatooine, takes the helmet off, and they have a nice chat, and they smoke cigars, and they like kind of deal with their problems. I think they don't de-age him. They just uh, they just go. That's the time he had a beard. Oh, you know, sure, because sure. like it, cover it, up it, as during much the Clone of the Wars, as you can't. No, they're going to de-age him. They're going to make him. Yeah, some during CGI the Clone Wars was boy. the beard era of Obi Wan because he was like no beard, beard. Uh, no beard. Again. Oh no, Kyle means de-aging uh, Anakin. I mean Hayden Christensen because yeah. it doesn't. I, I don't. Understand I mean Hayden Christensen still kind of looks young. I don't. I haven't seen Hayden sure. Christensen's actual face since he was burned up on my TV screen. <laughs> and that really, you happened. know, <laughs> that was a yeah, real thing then, that happened to him. And then he went, no. Um, I just don't understand the and i guess the idea is like he went on tons of fun adventures but it's like when you know the beginning of a story and you know the end of a story and you've seen yeah enough of a middle to be satiated second acts are famously too short and we need to stretch them and fill them up with as much nonsense that technically has to be on less important than the movies that's the problem of like adapting these movie characters you know, by the nature of what a movie is and by nature of what a TV show historically is, it's like this stuff can't be any much higher stakes than what we've seen them deal with in the movies. Wasn't the whole purpose of him being on Tatooine and giving the ba- baby Luke to him that like, I'm not going to be in solitude yeah. at a hut <laughs> it's, it's outside him, of it's, your village him like done and do nothing. Done. Not my, you thing. know, it's not like, my thing. Like, and he says, I'm going to watch you on a hill in case something happens, but I'm literally doing nothing else. So yeah. what the fuck kind of movie are you going to make or a TV show or you show, know? Like, yeah. what is this event series when 
his life was like literally about doing nothing. Well, and it's um, it, it also it, to that point, it, it the cast includes Joel Edgerton, who plays young Uncle Owen Mellon. in uh, what's yeah, it called? In, and in he's in Uncle Sith. Owen. Rogue. Oh yeah, and Sith. And so you could only do something with like a memory wipe at the end because they're not supposed to really even like each other. I know. Um, you got yourself. And it some- also it ruins the tale of what makes a Jedi complete, which is they have to go through years of solitude after they fail. Sure. Um, some more to like, some, I guess three more worth talking about. Kumail has been announced in this. He seems to be like really plugged into the Disney machine. Can we yeah, hash? They, they, can they, we hashtag I mean, stop the eye, the rocks eyebrow thing he's doing in every photo? Is he doing that? Yeah, he's doing that in this picture. He it, is. Yeah, he's doing it hard. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> he looks like Jack Black realizing these kids might be might make for a great rock band. I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. I, I love Kumel. I do not think that show, he, that Marvel show, is going to be good. It's There's just the movie. It's, oh, a, it's a whole major motion picture movie. I keep forget. It just doesn't. It's going to be the it's going to be the king of the monsters of like the Marvel series where it's just like sort of like info info dumps on right. people. But have you guys seen Nomadland is, is Chloe Zhao? I feel like that's an exciting grab for that. It is like, and I like yeah. everything about it, but I just don't feel like there's a story you can do out about things that have to be information. Because oh, you know what's to exciting start- though is that like this? We all went into Guardians thinking there's no way this works. This must be where Marvel breaks or oh, stops. Oh, your boy thought that worked. What I'm saying, no, but what I'm saying is that we were all just like, yeah, the second that was announced before we had any footage of of Guardians, and we were just like, wait, that director with that cast making that idea. It's like Eternals is primed for this occasional Marvel thing where like we are all proven wrong and it's a new version of Incredible. If it is prime for that, though, that means it's also hard the other way where it's like if it's not, then it's going to fucking blow and it's not going to work, you know, and it's like it it has to be only 50 50 at that point because they're even saying that the movie starts at like the beginning of the whole universe starting and that it's going to go and fast forward through time. Need it. (laughs) And it's like and uh, how these people are going to exist. It's you just sold me, baby. I need that (laughs) as a TV show where I get to live in it for like 10 no. hours a year no tv shows are a mistake we, we fucked up by making those things we need to make movies that begin and end and they do the whole thing i want two hours of the whole universe starring angelina jolie and kumail i need that. yeah but That's do you, you realize that if it's a marvel movie you're not gonna get that and I, I feel like you can get more closure from marvel shit out of tv shows now yeah i got all sorts of fucking closure from wandavision that fucking thing really hugged me, hugged me nice at the end. Oh boy, was I just, I was like, thank God this is right. ending the way it's ending. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. Like, like you it. don't even, yeah, I like it too. And it's like, but I don't think any Marvel movie gives you that closure because there's going to be a hundred, like, so like movies are, if movies are supposed to start and end, then like no Marvel movie is that for you because all of them have end credit scenes to tell you that there is more and that well, you missed something. And that, but that's its own, I don't hold the end credit scene to it. I mean, by the structure of the something movie Kyle has I, never seen. I judged it. Well, yeah, Kyle, we'll let you know about those later. But, I don't even know what you're talking but, about. But to that, to that end, like, I just want a movie that ends, uh, within itself to a degree the, the post-credit scenes in my opinion are not that that is not the screenplay did not in, include those does that make sense like 
Sometimes so they do. For me, Richard. So for <laughs> sometimes <laughs> for me, it's like so. Like Iron Man ends. And Iron Man does end. If there wasn't any more, that would stand as a movie. Guardians one ends. Tons mm-hmm. of movies that never got sequels end on, and then the adventures continued. That's fine. Um, but like it's that sort of uh, like Civil War thing where like, well, this is picking. This is like. This doesn't have an end, a beginning. This technically begins with Age of Ultron, and it doesn't have an end because it technically ends with Infinity War. That's where we get into this problem. That's where I think that's what I think Eternals is going to be because it's also like slated to promise like um, just, what Kit Harrington's character screen time for a hero that I don't care about at all. I just don't think you're getting Chloe Zhao to show up to to deliver a second act of something right out the gate. Um, you know, and, and, and to that, and I know I'm in the minority on WandaVision, but like WandaVision, just like it had that Logan thing for me where the first half is this incredible new take on this kind of storytelling. And then the second half is how all of these fucking end, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like it, it still ended with two people flying, going pew pew at each other with spells. It's, (laughs) and I think Eternals would be that too. Well, look. Yeah, it, I don't. I don't think Eternals ain't gonna be that. Yeah, I think y'all wrong. <laughs> Mama's wrong I like, again. <laughs> I like. I like Wandavision because it feels like a weird comic book. I like it for. I like the first half for that exact reason. I just feel the end and I, becomes. And, I, and I, I. I honestly, I could. I can understand that your take completely of being like. I like the first half of this. And then the second half, it just kind of feels generic, marvely, yeah, schlocky kind of stuff. And I can't really argue that because uh, my biggest problems with the show are like the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so, really that really bummed me out. And it, it, yeah, now that, that kept me from even uh, thinking that the current show has something for me. I don't give a fuck about the yeah. the, the show happen. Um, our, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. First of all, awful name. Yeah, all like, of us have struggled to name. say the title of this. Give yeah. them like call it. I don't. If you call it Steel Wing, we'd all make fun of it for a week, and then it'd just be the next thing we all are like. Which is what WandaVision Steel, the season was. two we, Steel Wing. Didn't we? Yeah, didn't exactly. we not all make fun of WandaVision, thinking that's like the stupidest. Like, well, well, they'll change the title before it comes out. But if it was called Wanda and Vision's Tiny House, like you'd be fucking pissed every time you had to say it. Yeah, it should have. <laughs> it should have been yeah. called Captain America, U.S. Agent. Because it's about America, no, like trying to get a new you, Captain no, America, and he's the villain. Like, it's that it not is about those it. two guys. You still no. Have you, to- you everything else is about them, but then you just say boom because you know what? But if, there is a character called U.S. Agent. Like it, we can't be like, well, this is about Wyatt Russell's debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I get uh, there's uh, for every three articles about the new episode of Falcon, you get one article about how this is about Wyatt Russell's debut with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and no, it's all there. It's like they wanted that, but it's not working because he looks dumpy. Yeah. But um, I mean, like that can lead into what I wanted to bring up, which is uh, like to like the DC side of things is WB canceling the trench and new gods. Oh no, I'm so sad. Oh my god, no, please don't, please I don't. I know, right? Really want that. Burying the trench, <laughs> and they're putting the trench <sighs> deep down. Putting the trench deep down. Um, well, it's like Ava DuVernay has this history of like almost getting there. 
What was she supposed to do? New gods? New gods, which is like the dark side Look, movie, basically. I, I see that as really great news that she now has an open calendar to make. Look, Ryan Johnson just proved that you that, that you don't need to work. You don't need to make a Marvel movie to make um, to get attention in a big, bad eight figure way. Yeah. You know, and I, I am glad it does free up her schedule. But like, I think I'm tired of like there's a part of her that wastes her time. And everyone else's time around, like trying to do these and then quitting, like she's done it uh, with uh, multiple tent poles just to go do something that fizzles, like uh, that. Um, what was that weird uh, Chris Evan uh, Chris Pine movie she did for Disney with like Oprah? Oh, is it like Into the Woods or oh, Wrinkle, yeah, in, Wrinkle time. in Time? Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, she left the whole Marvel situation with like she left Black Panther like uh, after writing a full script saying I don't like the way they want to control the movie just to go do like a wrinkle in time, which then like is like a fl- is is the movie version of flat Pepsi. There's two movies I've ever <clears throat> chosen to fall asleep during and it's the, and it's a wrinkle in time in the mummy. <laughs> like 2017. Yes, 2017. Like in theaters, I was like, I can fall asleep and I don't care that I'm missing my boy. I tried falling asleep during last week's episode, just talking about the mummy. I've only fallen asleep during one movie in a theater and it was by accident. And it was because I was just so tired, but I'd already bought the tickets. It was (laughs) Tron Legacy, which is a movie I like. That's hard to fall asleep to. But it's a very. I was so sleep deprived. I think that typically happens in like dark. Like that is a very dark movie. Like there's no sunlight for two hours, (laughs) even the not inside the game stuff. Like it's it's a real it's a lullaby of a movie. Well, and I think them canceling the trench as well is them saying, you know what? Maybe we need to uh, stop taking chances. I don't I'm not that big of a DC guy. What's the trench about? The trench, the trench is about, about the trench dipshit. <laughs> it's about all those like weird. It, it was going to be a horror Sorry, movie inside the DCEU around like the weird like underwater lagoon creatures that try to kill Aquaman and Aquaman. It yeah, was just going to be yeah, it's an about adaptation that. of a scene. No. No, it's one of those things of like, yeah, no, cut that. Yeah. By the way, is is my is what I said to Kyle just now not like every comment section under some sort of Zack Snyder thing where you're just like, wait, why is it a black suit? Because it's the black suit, dipshit, you fucking piece of shit. Can I look at it? It's like black. It's fucking badass, and that was Zack's fucking vision, you sack of fucking shit. I want to give everyone here a tip. And it's to not yeah, fuck you, third. It's to not on Facebook say you even like the Snyder Cut because in the algorithm just shows you Facebook meme pages of people violently loving it. Oh yeah, restore the Snyderverse. Give me that air cut. Can you believe there are a bunch of seventeen-year-olds out there right now who really want to see a director's cut of a David Ayer movie? Like, what do you think he shot that was incredible? Show us what you're fucking hiding. <laughs> well, we all know about the three hours idea, of but about a David Ayer Harley. We Quinn. know you've got a six hour yeah. Blue Beetle fight no. that you're just <laughs> not showing us. <laughs> the thing is, is they have they have three hours of extra Jared Leto Joker stuff. For suicide See, they need squad. to never tell a single human being that There's because no these way. monsters want it. There is these no monsters way. will not fucking there rest. There is no way. But three hours of filmed an- footage is not 
Well, wait. Screen ready that, footage. Well, that's what I'm saying. Are you saying that they cut 180 pages worth out of this the final cut? Like there is no way of just there are Joker three shit. hours of Jared Leto Joker footage unless he shot most of it at home. Like that's what I'm saying. Like stuff that was like the build up. David Ayer, like look, I'm pooping in this box. Who should I send it to? Then yeah, I believe that you have three hours of that. What's in the box? <laughs> it's my poopy. <laughs> I think if David Ayer wants to prove that there is a good version of it, he releases his script. He just goes on his Twitter. There's a Google Drive link. You just click it, read the script, prove to me there's more movie. I don't think these fans can read, though. Like, I don't think that they, like, have the time to, like, set aside and read a headline. The headline that's, like, seven things that... David Ayer just revealed that got cut out of his script. <laughs> <laughs> we talked. We, we did. We had a little running bit for a little bit, a couple like I feel like a couple months ago that we stopped doing. That was like this gross admiration for the some version of like from the twisted mind who brought you or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the <laughs> from the absolute sickos. Yeah, the Suicide Squad you. teaser features from, from the, the twisted horrib- mind. It's from the horribly beautiful mind of James Gunn. <laughs> Yo, oh, my favorite film, A Horribly Beautiful Mind. <laughs> a thing to put. <laughs> David F. Sandberg has the best horribly beautiful mind. Yeah, that's a that's a short he did. <laughs> horribly Yo, beautiful mind that's a, origins. It's a funny thing to put like when that's like his first movie after like that cancellation attempt for like weird jokes. <laughs> Yeah, and we're already calling him a horribly beautiful mind. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, that's horribly. a real career 180. Like, you will never the see horribly. from the horribly beautiful mind of Louis C.K. <laughs> from the horribly beautiful mind of Brian Callen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Dude, Chris D'Elia's next special is called Horribly Beautiful. <laughs> his next, one, out his next one's called Snapchat Additional Features. <laughs> It's called 1738. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he would, he'd make a film with A24, but he'd be like, 24? Gross. Uh, <laughs> is it Delia or Sean? Too old. Delia. Delia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. just, I wish, I wish the best for Sean. Uh, so I have another, I have another uh, movie I want to talk about speaking of A24. Um, this is a fun, this is an interesting thing that is being, um, uh, being made right now zola did you guys just see the trailer just dropped for zola i didn't watch the trailer no idea because i wanted to read the twitter thread first and then okay so this is this is a movie based on a 148 tweet twitter thread in which a girl named zola meets a sex worker named stefani at a restaurant where zola is a waitress and the two immediately bond over pole dancing only a day after they exchange numbers stefani invites zola on a cross-country road trip where the goal is to make as much money as possible dancing in Florida strip clubs. Zola agrees and suddenly she's trapped in the craziest, most unexpected trip of her life, partaking in a wild two-day trip with Stefani, her boyfriend Derek, and Stefani's violent pimp Z. You guys want the uh, Twitter thread? I'll put Whoa. it in the Discord chat. So so basically from what I can tell, it's got like uh, like it, it has been uh, – People have gone through with like a Rolling Stone article, went through and verified a lot of her claims. 
And she admits to embellishing some of like the quotes or like some of the the more intense moments. Oh, but the, the main points, the, the gist and the main points of the story did happen. Don't open it. Yeah. Um, huh. So basically, um, uh, yeah, I and mean, the story contains uh, prostitution, murder, attempted suicide. So it went super viral, uh, viral. And like Missy Elliott was tweeting about how crazy it was. Solange was tweeting about how crazy it was. Uh, Rolling Stones put out that article and then it started getting like all of this play. And then in February 2016, it was announced that because uh, the, the Twitter thread came out in 2015. It was announced that James Franco would direct the film uh, with a screenplay by Andrew Neal, um, who has done Darkon and New World Order and King Kellogg. New World Order is like a documentary and Darkon is a feature length film about a Darkon wargaming club in Baltimore, like a LARPing movie. Okay. It's a very weird person to be like, and he's going to pen it. But it seems like maybe it's like one of those people who's willing to work with Franco. I don't know. Uh, so did he direct this movie, Zola? So he so he did not direct Zola. So in oh. 2018, uh, he gets removed from Zola um, following the sexual misconduct allegations from his former students. Uh, so in 2018, it's announced that... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, Janikaza Bravo. Okay. Um, J-A-N-I-C-Z-A Bravo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Janikaza Bravo would direct the film, uh, replacing Franco uh, with A24 uh, distributing. Uh, and then in October 2018, Taylor Page was cast as the lead role. Uh, Riley Kyo, uh, Nicholas Braun... Coleman Demongo. It's a cool cast. It's a, it's a cool A24 cast. Jason Mitchell. Yeah, and it looks really cool. And so I looked into into the director's uh, up like her sort of pedigree and like went down a really cool rabbit hole of her um, like uh, her like career. Uh, so she started out in New York uh, seemingly around like the comedy scene because she was uh, her like longtime boyfriend is Brett Gelman. Oh. And so her hmm. first short film has Brett Gelman in it. And her second short film stars uh, Michael Sarah in like a wheelchair. Oh, and the feature, the first feature stars Brett Gelman. It's Lemon. Yeah, right? Lemon. Lemon's her first yeah, feature. That's, and that's Brett Gelman's. She he stars. In so that. she's yeah. the because uh, yeah, she's who convinces Brett Gelman to publicly quit Adult Swim. I believe so. I mean, yeah. they're no longer together. They got divorced in 2019. It was like because um, I remember he was like on a podcast talking about how he kind of felt and like a, like his like girlfriend's like like point of views and stuff like that. And then like the public letter about how like Adult Swim in itself is disgusting and sexist and I can't be a part of it sure. anymore. You know, like but but yeah. Lemon Lemon has one of those like fucking amazing casts lemon's you know what amazing. i mean like i like lemon lemon's good yeah i like lemon too i mean um, cold take but lemon good she also did the juneteenth episode of atlanta right um which i i think is like a pretty uh exceptional episode of that show uh she directed an episode of love um Greg Elman on that show and yeah and then she did no Zola. not exceptional episodes on love um 
and she she's done a lot of like interesting stuff in her early career too with like uh just like fashion stuff. And like, she started in the industry as like from like set design and like production design and like costume costuming department and stuff. Um, it's gonna be cool. and the Zola trailer is so stylistic and it almost, it felt, looks like a Twitter thread. Yeah. It, but it, you know how you really like how some scenes look in, uh, in what's that movie with, uh, spring breakers. Hey, starring James, Jimmy Franks. Yeah. Where there's like uh, color and saturation and like, it's very like interesting. Like this movie looks very, very cool. Well, you can run into a problem with that where you see like trailers for Cherry, that Russo Mm -hmm. Brothers, Tom Holland movie that just looks like film school, the movie where it's like, you know, this scene is all in black and white. And this scene is in fast motion. This scene's in slow motion. This scene is upside down. This scene is black, is black and white again, but it's in slow motion and fast motion at the same time. And everyone's speaking in reverse, but they're all have their eyes closed. Like it's this, like all the ideas that's never good. It's never good when a movie has all the ideas and has all the things. You're telling me the guys who make that YouTube series where they eat pizza and talk about film school made a film school looking movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That they that they may have forgotten how to make actual movies. But I think it's interesting of like like you could definitely I feel like it's the 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 easy ideas to like dunk on this movie because it's like based on a Twitter thread, right? No, it sounds cool. Fuck fucking but, who cares where it comes but, from? It doesn't like, come that's from kinda, that's a what TV I think. show. That's what I think too where it's like this would this would have been an article. You know what I mean? This would have been an article 50 years ago or 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Of this crazy yeah. like article this girl writes about this crazy trip she went on and gets published in Rolling Stone. Sure. Well, that's how Van Wilder you know? happened, like, you know? Like Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. And this is like a modern to me, or, um, like this is a modern day gain. take on that. Pain and gain, yeah. Well, the thing is Pain and gain's another like yeah, based totally. on an article. People base things off articles all the time. <laughs> and look, so, I'm I'm at the risk of sounding like a fucking douchebag. I'm excited about anything even if it Anything that's not based on a comic book or like a, a 1995 movie that we're already remaking, like the fact that this is the first time anyone's told the story in a movie means it's a really interesting movie. Like that exactly. just means that it has an edge on so much other fucking shit. And I think she's a really interesting filmmaker. I watched uh, she did a really cool sure. short film called uh, Hard World for Small Things. That's like a virtual reality short film. Uh, cool, you can man. watch it on YouTube just like with moving your screen around. But it plays out almost like a play where there's like different scenes you can kind of like I watched it like two or three times because there's like different scenes you can watch and then it ends really crazy. Her movies have or her shorts have really good endings like the ending to the Michael Sarah one. Gregory goes boom. Yeah, that's like, a great short. I remember seeing that. Isn't that on like funny or die exclusively? Uh, I watched it on Michael Sarah's YouTube page. He had a post. Okay. Well, but, funny or die is gone um, now. Yeah, oh, is it really? Yeah, it wasn't funny. Um, oh, <laughs> funny. <laughs> so I like I it was there so quick. That's so good. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it was uh, if you haven't, I don't want to necessarily spoil the ending to Gregory Goes Boom because it's only like 15 <laughs> minutes. And if you like it uh, or if you think you might, I, I recommend watching it. I think it's a really well done, interesting short mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, this person is going to direct cool shit. And then That's like so going cool. on to do Lemon is like a cool movie. And I like that now. Like you give somebody a movie, you gave you give a director who made a movie like Lemon that's really like not to make a pun here, but like we're really squeezing out everything we can get out of this budget and, and stuff. Well, you know man. what I mean? Like I think that giving them an A24 type of thing 
that has a little more of a log line, like a pitch. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for what that movie could be. I, I'm excited for that one. So um, this brings up uh, – so this next thing I just found is that HBO is tapping like Colin Firth to star in a series based off that uh, documentary, The Staircase. Did anybody watch the, that documentary? Huh. No, it's is that pretty about... open and shut. He pushed his wife down a staircase. Yeah, yeah, but the whole I thing is like that like set. the cops made a bunch of gay jokes about him and laughed off the fact that he couldn't do it because he's gay, and then like walked away, and he's gotten away with his murder. Crazy. Whoa. And like it's it's the weird twist of events where like that dude couldn't do it, and it's like just nobody cared enough to like look right. into like the rest of the crime at that point. And it's here's the thing. The documentary like make, was four hours longer than it needed to be. When you make oh, almost all of them are yeah. Tiger King was four hours longer than it fucking needed to be. Uh, None of these need the, to, we don't need to be making movies out of four hour documentary series. We already just got dude. That Theranos one was like, it was actually like an hour and a half and it was told little story. We got the fuck out. We didn't need four episodes about her Nantucket fucking volleyball league coming up or some shit <laughs> but um i can't remember what point i was just gonna make uh before you brought that up um oh well but regard i do think a lot of these documentaries are getting like like the nexium one was like at a certain point i was like oh my god guys please like give us some there's gonna be a nexium sequel on there need, I need a different documentary. It's not edited by that fucking guy who was in the cult because that whole there documentary is every four minutes. I know that with India, it's it's better. I watched that way better. Too. It's, it's so it's much better. better. Well, and it's also not about that guy who is totally complicit. Like, uh, like that's what I'm not saying. owning up to his Dave, shit. Whatever his name is, that fucking documentarian guy. He's he's like, I'm like the whole time. I'm like, dude, you're every four minutes. He's trying to be like, and I wasn't the worst. He's like Goebbels turning on Hitler. <laughs> like he still did he's, he's wild dude uh well here let's go let's go back to this list of of movies that have been uh i wanted to ask you guys about one of these movies postponed by covid because maybe one of you guys has an answer about it or something to talk to about it which is the tom holland uncharted have yeah. either of you guys played uncharted and yeah why is everyone so mad because in Uncharted, he's like a grown, sexy Because man. in Uncharted, he looks like Nathan Fillion, and Nathan Fillion has openly yeah. said, I'll play him. Yes, Uncharted, yeah. he looks more, he looks like a cross between Nathan Fillion and Pedro Pascal. Like, if you put it middle in the slider between the two of them, and then they're like, okay. oh, we've got the perfect Nathan Drake, that Whoa. tall, swashbuckling, like, heroic daddy of a man like and now it's it's like tom Hall. but it was supposed it went from that to mark Wahlberg being the like star of Which, uncharted like, oh, really also works better than tom Hall. and then they got tom and then tom holland got hot and they flipped tom uh, they flipped mark Wahlberg to the fat sidekick guy you know there's this thing about tom holland where i feel really bad about i've i feel really bad I just feel like he's got to be so exhausted. He has done nothing but make Spider-Man movies. And anytime he gets a break to do something else, it's, I mean, look at his in-between Spider-Man movies are like the current war, Spies in Disguise, Doolittle, Cherry, Chaos Walking, and Uncharted. Well, a lot of like, those were filmed like two like years before has, that because the current war was like Chaos old. Chaos Walking that one where he has mind powers or something yes 
Yeah, that one that's looks the one, so bad, dude. That's out now. Yeah, Those ones they shot like six different times yeah, in the jungle. All of them were like filmed a while ago too. So I think he was tired yeah. at one point, and then now he was like he got some rest, and then was like, all right, got to film this other Marvel shit now. Mm. And then because a lot of those were filmed years ago. Tick, tick, boom. I mean, a new musical that's that's been held back. The new Mission Impossible Seven. That's that's. <sighs> That's held back. The new, the new, uh, the new Top Gun, uh, Matrix. <laughs> so the Matrix was never going to be put on the WB deal. Conveniently, before the announcement of all those movies going to WB, they pushed the Matrix to February uh, to December. You know, and it was like that way it can be out of that umbrella. And they're like, you know what? This actually deserves the theater going experience. I guess it does, right? Yeah, they're trying to get. Uh, so, did they get Michael B. Jordan, or were they just trying to get Michael for B. the Matrix? Yeah, no, they have Yeah Abdul Mateen. Okay, I'm just reading about the development. In 2017, they were trying to get yeah uh, Michael B. Jordan attached to Star, and then after Watchmen, yeah, yeah, I got it. Now there's an Elvis movie that's been pushed back. I feel like this Elvis movie has been being talked about for like that's one of those it's, like um, oh yeah, it's with the, with Austin or, Butler. It's with the kid who got beaten, who got the shit beat out of him in uh, um, by Brad Pitt in that movie, right? Who the motherfuck wants an Elvis movie? Like, what is this? And I know this is this almost seems like an episode Tell it to of Boz, baby. You try well, selling thing, that right? bullshit like, take you another... just came up with the boz, okay? <laughs> that's the thing, right? Is like who wants another great Gatsby movie? And it turns out like uh, I guess this is a cool addition to the collection of Gatsby movies. Like right. I guess if there's an Elvis movie to be made, it's kind of by Baz Luhrmann, but it, at the same time, like do we really need to be doing this? Do we really need this? I mean, come on, dude, Ansel Elgort. Is he in it? No, he was just he was uh, considered. He was up for it. Well, because he had. Yeah. I think anybody Aaron Taylor with, Johnson, Harry Styles, right. Ansel Elgort, anybody Miles who Teller. is anybody with famously greasy hair was considered for Han Solo and Elvis. <laughs> I think they should cast a black guy as Elvis. I've been super I mean, woke. Look, not a terror. Honestly, <laughs> that would have been super. That's a movie I'd watch. Yeah, that's it's got just, some really like, great like comment. Get Spike Lee to direct the yes. like, Kaluuya Elvis movie. Oh, dude, I'm in. Damn, that would be good. There's one more I want to talk about. One more movie for sure on this list. Uh, Home Alone. Remember Stoned Alone? No. So they so Stoned Alone. <laughs> that got I don't canceled. think was ever seriously Fuck considered. Stoned Alone. Stoned Alone is a like it was a, a kind of another tweet that I guess turned into a real spec that uh, Ryan Reynolds was developing that was like a pitch on the Home Alone franchise where it's like him and a buddy and they just get super high and guys are trying to break in and it's Stoned Alone and the idea is like well all the fans of Home Alone are now grown up and they're all get high and you know look that I bet is such an incredible script. I bet that does really not need script. to be a movie, but like whoever, whoever wrote stoned alone, get that guy on, you know, to punch up, you know, the suicide squad or something. But I think I don't it was Ryan Reynolds. What, that I think he it was wrote Ryan it? Reynolds and his writing partner from the switchblade that brought you. <laughs> yeah. The fucking beautifully <laughs> twisted, demented, tormented, fucking torturous the flaming minds. lawnmowers that wrote Deadpool too. <laughs> From, from the rakes from that the... fucked Joker. 
So this is like this is one of these interesting things with Disney, like the whole Disney Plus acquisition thing, right? Where it's like they have Disney Plus cooking, and I, I think that it was one of these things of like they wanted to get immediately like like Home Alone. They signed the fat kid they can, they from tell. JoJo, it's, right? Uh, like they're like they're like we need it, you know. Oh, and they get JoJo from the the the, the, the JoJo the, rabbit the buddy. With the glasses, Archie Yates, British actor. The uh, Archie I forgot what his name was, Bulby or whatever. No, Bulby is the kid from uh, Jimmy Neutron. Can I well, just say that the, this is a great example of like you're not there is no famous child for you to hire, so there is no reason for you to hire a white child. Thus, <laughs> yeah. there is reason for you to try to not. Yes. <laughs> Uh, one big reason I'm excited about this movie um, is it's written by uh, Streeter Seidel. Oh, dude. from the fake fake prank war of the ter- 2000s. Dude, one of my favorite college humor writers and like one of Loki, the best sketch writers. He just writes on like every sketch show and like he writes so- for SNL, right? Yeah, he writes for like every sketch show, dude. Yeah. Like he submits on like everything. You notice how uh, these he's, like remakes incredibly prolific. Like, and I think that like a, a ton <coughs> of sketches have been funny in the last ten years are because of Streeter's side. That that Oscar yeah. the Grouch Joker parody was was him and a couple other. Have guys. you guys ever noticed that like these remakes are getting better and we're finding it's like comedians we trust like are making it because it's like they also it's that whole thing of like it's the fans of it like are starting to make it yeah, you know it's the minecraft the movie you know thing. it's like, like he grew, it's, he's he grew getting, up what's on getting Homer, better i'm sure cobra kai like is like by fans better, you know it's, getting it's like cobra kai rips okay but what else what i'm saying is like the announcements all seem great streeter writing home alone uh the lonely island making chippendale like all this sounds exciting but like ducktales no was idea good ducktales was good filled DuckTales? What the fuck is going on with DuckTales? DuckTales was on... They made, duck, they made a DuckTales show with like a bunch of great comedians. Yeah, Abed I was one of the... Was Louie, I believe, yeah. or Huey. Uh, I, uh, Abed, oh, that's right. Uh, I've seen that Larry King clip. Yeah, where it's, it and it has everyone you like, and it's very good. Um, Like, these things are okay. being just but like... like, this one has another one fun, of these great, you know? great casts where it's like, you know, Rob Delaney, Ellie Kemper, you know, Keenan Thompson, Pete Holmes, Chris Parnell, you know... This is Home Alone? This is the new Home Alone, yeah. And so oh, it's one of these things movie. where in August 2019, Bob Iger, Bob, I, I don't know. Uh, I hope so. Or I think Rob Delaney is probably the dad. No, I but, think I um, think Pete Holmes being that dad who cusses or the uncle who like cusses him out. Uh, that's funny. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's sure. one of those things of like, I, you know, Keenan Tom, like, I don't know. Andy, Andy Daly be, is, is in it. Um, and I think he'd be like. He's kind of it's great. Like, it'll be interesting to see who will be a dad or an uncle and who will be like the wet bandit kind of stand-ins, right? Yeah. And Keenan um, is passionate. But, uh, anyway, so. Uh, and Zendaya is Michi. The thing that kind of excites me is that it's been, it's been on seemingly like green light heaven. Like, yeah. Like early, like. Beginning of summer 2019, they decide they want to make it. By August 6th, they have, like, you know, a, a script ready and done by, you know, Mikey Daly, uh, Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel. Mikey. Um, oh, that's another. That's a cool get, too, Mikey Day. 
Yeah, and so she's it. She's it. She's it. Him and yeah, him exactly. and Shooter Seidel making it together is like pretty exciting. So then in December, by December, they're they're like the the film is cast. They got Archie. They got Delaney. They got Ellie Kemper. Uh, and then um, in July 2020, they have the rest of the cast uh, is announced. Um, and then they start filming in February of 2020 in Canada. Uh, and then by you know a month into filming. They got to shut everything down. Um, and then November 2020, Disney announced that uh, its films, all of its films have been postponed by coronavirus, uh, had resumed filming. Um, you know, easy to film home so, alone during COVID, though, right? So they're so by November, they're shooting again. So yeah, I exactly. this is one that I think is going to be in and out of the COVID thing pretty quick. You know, well, like, I mean, just because this I, production has seemingly hit no snags. <laughs> like, I'm not super excited about this like director. One of their white gloves. Who to direct things, You know, uh, the director's name is Dan Mazur. He has directed I Give It a Year, Dirty Grandpa, and now Home Alone. He also wrote. Uh, he was one of the 19 people who wrote Borat 2. I feel like uh, actually all the he actually is a writer for all of the Borat, so yeah, he Sasha like Baron Cohen movies. Cohen well, I think um, if a, if a script is strong enough by like those two, maybe they're like, we just need a guy to like steer the ship. Well, but at the same time, um, like uh, I, I always felt he that also that he also wrote Office Christmas Party, which like silently made double like. Double its and budget. I like Office Christmas Party. Script. I, I think that the thing, and I feel so strongly about John Hughes in that, like, this is, from what I understand, the first remake of a John Hughes movie. And I know John Hughes didn't direct Home Alone, but he wrote it. Um, and Chris Columbus directed it. And, like, I do think that John Hughes had this fucking beautiful knack for empathy and warmth. And I and I worry about somebody showing up with a digital camera and a bunch of LEDs and like half-heartedly just getting the right coverage for a Home Alone remake. Oh, and I listen, just, Home Alone is one of my like golden films. Like it is a film I I put on every year around Christmas time. That song, somewhere yeah, I just think that, like, John my... Hughes is like a it's sim is similar to Maury Sendak where people don't realize all of his work is very sad. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also, you know, he wrote with his heart first, uh, like even in every yeah. script. And it's like, it's true with every one of his characters, you know, like uh, no matter what. And you don't get that a lot with like a remake or even like how Seth Rogen helped finish drill bit Taylor, which was his, uh, John Hughes's last script. You know, it's like, it misses the John Hughes heart of it right at the end. And it's just like, I, I want, I want, I don't know who shows up to make home alone but like i guess my excitement about streeter seidel is over because like i want damien chazelle to make home alone i want someone who seems to have an understanding of like give it to david f sandberg if you want it that cheap like, too oh david f sandberg's home alone is fucking beautiful i don't want the guy that made dave that bane that made bad grandpa do i it. want the guy who I made could, i'm excited the orphan to be superhero wrong. like uh, movie you know, like, yeah, yeah I'd say it's I, definitely not who I would pick uh, as a director for it. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he's trying to get a more maybe he wants to do something warmer or something. You know, I, I didn't see Office Christmas Party. I don't know if it has moments very, of warmth, very, but probably not. And then an incredible he, he didn't direct it, but an incredible screenplay. It's one of those kind of like that stoned alone thing where you're like this probably read so unbelievable 
and part of it is lost in us having to actually watch people do this and say this. The pitch for right. Office um, Christmas Party, in my opinion, is like, what if Die Hard never happened and that party happened? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of it's kind of the perfect Bateman movie uh, next to like horrible bosses. And it's like it's a great vehicle for him to do his stuff. Um, but like Ooh, Courtney yeah, McGann's in it. I mean, it's got a it, oh, it's got a worrying. Um, this has a worrying thing of like, ooh, TJ Miller, I'm out <laughs> for a, for a um, yeah, dude. It's a lot for of John Hughes remakes. You know, this being the first remake of anything with John Hughes's name on it, I, I worry that I do worry that one I, day we get some Netflix that. original Breakfast Club remake. I, I, I really, I really think we're we just don't need. I get that. that. Oh, it's that. I feel like the Breakfast Club um, Riverdale style remake is like destined to come to Hulu or Netflix. Isn't there a Sixteen Candles remake in the works right now? There's oh, a, the, the weird science remake is the one that I feel like they always. Oh, you can't have two boys making the perfect woman. His, yeah, you can't do that. Well, you can maybe do the the two girls making. Well, they had a weird science girl. TV show. Like, <laughs> it, there's really not a lot of ways to make a weird science these they days. They had the weird yeah. science TV show, and I actually watched almost every episode. I think the weird science remake was Passengers. Weird <laughs> yeah, I just typed in. Am, am, am I wrong? Hey, guys, am I wrong? You're not wrong. Uh, whoa, Weird Science was also inspired by Frankenstein. Interesting. Oh, my God. Guys, we got to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> I found a list for Kyle, um, what was a 16 Candles remake with Chloe Grace Moretz attached a while ago, but I don't think that's happening anymore. Oh, that's got to happen. Yeah, there was a, in, as, of, as of 2013, Weird Science at Universal was planned for a remake with Joel Silver uh, <laughs> And Michael Bacall writing the film. It was going to be part of Great Twisted writer. Pictures. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Like yeah, yeah. Co-wrote that. Uh, One so of that the Inglorious Bastards. That could have been interesting. Uh, the film was set as it attempted to string itself from the original by being an edgier comedy in line with 21 Jump Street and The Hangover. So like Ugh. 2013, that's the take, right? They wanted yeah, to be R-rated. Problem. And not, you need these Spielberg types doing John Hughes. Mm-hmm. You don't want these hard-edged Scott Pilgrim irony-filled types. Like, oh my God, they were literally in 2017. One of the people attached said that they were they were literally senatoring it around a Channing Tatum playing one of the leads, and it's like, why does he need to print a woman? Like, well, there was also a, no, no, they were going to print Channing Tatum, right? No, wasn't it going to be oh, wasn't it be two girls printing Channing it? Tatum? Like that's I guess that, that is well, it's because that, that was also, and then that turned into Splash I mean. remake, which is him as the merman and Rebel Wilson. Yeah, I think that's where we yeah. go with a lot of those. A lot of those eighties remakes are going to be gender flipped in in terms of like the sort of male gaze to female gaze. Just never give me another Revenge whatever. of the Nerds. Have your thing. Have your like. I think that we can See, all. I just think that, a lot of those movies are just going to get flipped and turned into so Splash. Here's something I want to. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna end up with a splash of verse. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I want to say that, like, let them fight. Visibly, <laughs> let them, let them let swim. Them splash. I think let Spielberg is kind of looking for like somebody in Hollywood to take the Amblin torch and make those types of movies again. Well, and he, and he can't find it. It's like Col- he keeps thinking it's like Colin Trevorrow or fucking M Night Shyamalan or J J Abrams, and it's not like it's. Yeah, he it's, doesn't have an eye for who the guy is. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know. I'm typically when you hear next Spielberg, here's the thing. If you hear that someone is the next Spielberg, 
run. Check in 10 years later and they'll start making great things. If you hear that they're the next Scorsese, that's when you get like, you know, your 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 Paul Thomas Anderson's or your most of the next Scorsese's have actually been correct. Like your your Paul Thomas Anderson or Damien Chazelle, these people that are making these like coke fueled movies about how sad and how sad people you think are. It's Taika Waititi. Like most of Taika Waititi as the next Spielberg. Yeah, you think that's what it is? No, I think it's I think it's Coogler. I think Coogler is the next guy who like is making personal yeah. films that everyone likes. Fuck, you're kind of right because he can like make a huge big budget thing and that's he can about make him. three and he yeah, that's still about him in a weird way. And then he can make three little things and they're all yeah. good. You know what I mean? I like Googler is our Spielberg. He just needs to get away from Marvel as soon as he dude, can. Dude, you're can so right. Working. He is. But like in a weird way, that's kind of like his own. I think like, it's both of them. Like yeah. Jurassic Park kind of vibe. I you know mean. what I mean? Like, yeah. He needs those big things to hang his hat on so that everybody will come and see his, you know, everything smaller than him. What do you guys think about Michael B. Jordan directing the third Creed, though? I know you guys haven't seen the other ones, but it. I have no idea. As invested as I am in the series. It's like, uh, I really think he's going to botch what I loved about the first two Creed trailers that I love. Coogler directed the first. As a fan of the Creed trailers, yeah, I think he's gonna fuck up the third. Well, Creed I think uh, I think it's one of the best franchises as a as a trailer. You know, <laughs> like the trailers are better than the movies. Like, uh, well, Stallone eventually started directing the Rockies. Well, so, Stallone is know. working on a prequel series to Rocky, which is what I was trying to lead into right now. Is like, did he direct the first? Rocky? He wrote it too. He wrote no, it. He did not direct. He did he not did direct, direct the first it. Rocky. He, wrote it. he yeah. just wrote it. De Palma, right? Okay. No. Well, no. De Palma didn't. No, it was Paul Alverson. <laughs> the big, this incredible thing with with Stallone was that he Brian Singer he I took think out, directed Rocky. He took out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was that woman who's directing Zola directed Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Brian um, Singer's the color purple. No, the the thing is that. Um, well, no, uh, Brian Singer only directed Kyle's favorite scene in Rocky. Right. Right. The scene um, where Rocky no. rips that dude's jaw. Yeah, Stallone. <laughs> where Rocky like jumps pulls. the park bench. <laughs> Stallone uh, was taking out the script for Rocky, and everyone was like, well, we'll give you so much money for this. This is such a great script. Um, but he made it, was like, well, and I'm the star. And no one would let him star because he was nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, so he turned down like six. He's like, he like sold his pet dog. Yeah, he tells that story as if there's not another way to make forty dollars in the world. I, like, I think about that a lot, dude. I would have like, I, 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 I would have jacked so somebody much. off before I would have sold my dog. That's the or, dude. You are handsome. Just fuck someone. I'm, I literally the whole time I'm like, you're handsome, or like you're also buff. Like go move crates for a day and keep your dog. Also, like, they hire extras. They shoot commercials. You don't yes. need to fall on this boxing movie sword it's and it's one of those things that's told of like yeah it's one of those things just like you have to be willing to risk it all if you want to make it and it's just like i don't think he had to do that or robert rodriguez selling his kidney is different though you know well look anything rodriguez does is a wild ass move my man's a gangster. He emerged the hero of the Me Too movement. Richard, what was the other story you wanted to bring to us? Um, I didn't really have another one. It was that uh, Rocky prequel. Well, why do we need a Rocky prequel? I, I, and also, why do we need a Rocky prequel? Who do you think would play Rocky, though? 
You get but Rocky. You well, get the see, real Rocky. I, what I want to learn, what I hope they reveal <laughs> the real Rocky. The Rocky prequel yeah. is how he got the name Rocky. Well, that's the thing. I think you do it like like fifteen seventeen to Paris, where you hire the real Rocky to play it. Because who knows it? Who knows the story more than Rocky? Like who knows kind of like how to emulate? And and it's fine if it, you get a director that can handle a non professional <laughs> actor, and you hire the real Rocky to play Rocky. Um, and tell his own story. Yo, and, and that way, that way, there's no no one's gonna get in the way of that creative. No one's gonna tell Rocky. No, I haven't making the Rocky. Part. I haven't seen all of the Rockies, but which Rocky is it? Where there's a robot? That's uh, four. What? There's a robot in Rocky Four where Rocky, played by Sylvester, it's not the real Rocky. It's played by Sylvester Stallone. He goes, uh, "Hey, I got you, I got you a present because we're so fucking rich." And then a robot comes in and it's like, "Hi, Polly, would you like a brewski?" And Polly's like, "What the fuck do I need a fucking robot for?" <laughs> Wait, is this? I've seen all the Rocky movies, and I don't remember this happening. If this is real, there is a full no. Okay, there is a full scene in Rocky Four <laughs> about robots, <laughs> about where it's a like Polly's birthday is in Rocky's like mansion, and then and it and Rocky is like, "Hey, Polly, we got you one more thing. We didn't just get you a tie." God damn, I and hate then, that I I wrote robot scene and it filled yeah. in Rocky Four, yeah. and then Rocky Four. <laughs> It, Rocky starts and it's like this techno like and this fucking robot comes in with a tray and goes hi Polly and Polly is not into it and it doesn't come up they make four more canonical they, Rocky they have, movies in which we they, do not see this robot they, they also shoot like I'm watching the scene right now I'm, I'm going to count how many shots, individual shots. This one, two, three, four. These are shots of the robot. Five. Oh, yeah. It's six. A great these are differently framed. Seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thir- thirteen. Thirteen shots. F- f- about fifteen robot shots. And about an hour later in the movie, he is working out with like logs in the snow. Can you guys name another um, franchise or movie that has done something like that? Well, that's the thing is that having <laughs> introducing the robot in four in, in such a seminal moment, moment in cinema is is that is basically like making Rocky two without Adrian. The fact that Rocky five, six, Creed one and two don't have the robot is like it's willful ignorance in terms of movie making <laughs> And sort of like the approach, the the philosophical approach to cinema that really collapsed in the late 80s of like, well, we're just not going to address this robot. This fucking costume, these prop makers did our voice so fucking dirty. They made the robot the same height as him. <laughs> I would never buy a robot for my house that was the same height I was. It <laughs> was eye level with you? Yeah. He's like looking at him. He's like, what did you say about a robot? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like looking the robot in the eye. Oh, guys. Guys, guys, guys. Uh, have you uh, have you guys watched um, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote yet? No. 
I have it. This robot is massive. You really <laughs> undersold how big it is. It's so big. Every time they keep showing, they keep going. So those 15 shots, those 15 shots did not accurately even set up the the scale. Once you see him next to, to the hero, Rocky... <laughs> And you realize they're the same size. That's wild. And then it cuts to a wide shot, and he's like a door, what doorway sized robot in your home? It's like the Jetsons like forklift. Robot. It's a fucking forklift that lives with you. I love though that also, if I remember, Polly is really upset about like doesn't. He's want really it. upset, and he's wearing a, a birthday hat, and the yeah. string is so tight that it's like clearly yeah. cutting into the actor's skin. Yeah. <laughs> the whole scene, and it's like only lit with the camera of a kid filming it on their own camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. it's like it's like weirdly underlit and like it feels and like they're like hiding in the apocalypse. It's very there's strange. There's also like suddenly so much smoke in Rocky Balboa's mansion. <laughs> it's so weird, dude. <laughs> anyway, oh, anyways, thank you guys well, so much for listening. This has been next a fun week, one. Next week will be the man who killed Don Quixote starring Adam Driver. Mm. Um, so check that out wherever you can rent a motion picture. I think it's only for it's available on money, HBO. But it's worth it. Okay. Okay. Awesome. It's uh, yeah. And uh, and I think we're really in for a really special, like, really beautiful story of uh, of a of someone who actually actually got to do it in the greatest sense of the word. Really got to see his dream um, come in such in in, in in such a late stage of his life. It, it's a really beautiful story. Awesome. I can't wait. Plus, I love Terry Gilliam, and I love talking Gilliam. Well, uh, thanks to Tizzy Mav for our music with our names in it, the intro music you heard at the beginning of this. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at Dev Hell Podcast. Um, Richard has started doing live watches of some of these movies. Any time, any chance we can get, we'll uh, we'll we'll check in with you guys. Let us know what you think of the show. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Um, boys, do you have anything else you'd like to say to the nice people? Yeah, guys, uh, join our uh, Discord, the Dev Hell Pod Discord, where um, if you hop in, I'll sure. just start doing live watches on there with you. Like, uh, watch what uh, we can watch it together, buddies. All right, guys. Well, uh, bye, demons. Bye, bye.